say, hey, it's Otani Day. We recap his start against the Rangers. We test our Angels baseball knowledge and try to prove which brother knows the Angels better. And we take a page from Mark Gubaza and give our keys to the rest of the weekend series with a little help from a song. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels, your team every day. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels. We appreciate you tuning in. You are with the Frisch Brothers. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. We're going to start out today talking about Thursday night's start from Shohei Otani at Globe Life Field against the Texas Rangers. Mike, that was not pretty. Do we have to talk about it? <laughs> well, we are an Angels podcast, and Shohei is uh, an Angel, so unfortunately oh. we do. <laughs> All right. Here's here's where I'm at. This is okay. where my fandom head and heart is at. That felt like Shohei Otani circa 2018. Well, okay. I thought he had a pretty good 2018. Well... Before he got hurt. It just didn't feel like him. It didn't feel like... Shohei, dominant, looking good on the mound. I mean, even his first start, he looked good with 9Ks. I guess if you just removed the Rangers number 9 hitter, Shohei would have had a remarkable game. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, Jonah Heim is, of course, a product of Oakland. He came over in the uh, Elvis Elvis Andrews (laughs) trade. So, yeah, there's your answer right there. Freaking Oakland. No matter where we go, the Oakland A's are always chasing us. But Shohei had three and a third innings, 70 pitches, and gave up five runs, and honestly, it was it was that Jonah Heim grand slam that yeah. did him in because in the next inning he had a couple of he gave up a couple of singles, and then Jonah Heim you know doubles in a run, and so that guy had all five RBIs against Shohei Otani. So it was just it wasn't his best outing. I think that this umpire was farts to put the uh, technical <laughs> term on it. Because there was a lot of squeezing at the plate. Pitches that I saw were strikes for the Rangers were balls against us and stuff like that. So I'm I'm pulling out every excuse in the book. Is that what it sounds like? I, no, I'm laughing because you said you said farts and squeezing in the same sentence. And so the junior higher in me started coming out. But sorry to uh, our our audience. <laughs> I, I think you're right. I think that there was some squeezing that took place. And it seems like when Shohei pitches, he's got to get that high fastball call, that high strike call, yeah. and he doesn't necessarily get that all the time. It really depends on what kind of umpire you get. And the thing that I found really interesting, and so if you're going to be a Shohei apologist, I'll be a Shohei apologist as well. Please, I really think that what really derailed the momentum for Shohei was when Tyler Wade tried to score from second base the mm, inning before. Interesting. I mean, that would have been an extra run because I think that with the lineup and the way that they were hitting, it felt like they had some momentum. And uh, Matty V said it felt like the momentum shifted in the next inning. And and he made a really good point. He said, the guy making the league minimum has five RBIs and the two other guys at that time that were making <laughs> you know millions and millions of dollars had done nothing. <laughs> so... You know, Shohei struggled with that one guy, and then you see the momentum from the inning before influence what he did that inning. So I think being a Shohei apologist, we can blame Tyler Wade, or we can blame Rojas, who dropped the ball. Did you say Shohei (laughs) apologist? (laughs) 
I, you know what? I'm just I'm just at a loss for words here, John. I I I, lo- I want to see Shohei be who he is. Here's a question that I have for you. Okay. Do you think that the hype is in his head? Do you think that it's it's getting to Shohei? No. No. Okay. I don't think so. Okay. But it was a it was a high splitter. It was a high splitter that was a mistake pitch on an 0 and 2 count. If you're going to throw a splitter on 0 and 2, you're going to throw it in the dirt. And Jonah Heim swings over that every time. Shohei had done that literally through the one through eight hitters. I think he had just done it to either Cole Calhoun or Willie Calhoun. Uh, but at the same time, it's it was just a mistake pitch. Really. Okay. And it okay. was one mistake that was costly. I know that the bases were loaded, but that field plays big, doesn't it? Doesn't it seem like that infield is huge. <laughs> it does feel like every part of that field is huge. And anytime you hit a ball anywhere, it just goes on and on and on like when Willie Calhoun hit the hit the ball to second base and and Wade dove to try to get it and it just rolled away it felt like it rolled away just a couple inches he got a double <laughs> off of that you know right right and you know usually we see those first inning jitters but it seems like the second inning was the one that was the one that did him in yeah well okay i guess you convinced me to not uh not be completely depressed about uh, Shohei Otani. And I just I wonder if if him not performing offensively and then struggling on the mound. I'm just wondering if maybe he feels a bit of the pressure carrying some of the weight to need to be the MVP again, to be the guy he was last year. And maybe it's still early, and you've said that a few times on the pod. And so if it's still early and and, and you're doing okay, then then I'm doing okay. You're not out on Shohei Otani like everyone's out on Joe Adele? Um, <laughs> no, I think Shohei has, has, has got some integrity and yeah. he's got some, he's got a really good reputation. So I'm not going to tap out yet. And, and I think he's going to recover, but it would just, it would have been nice to see him go a little further. I feel like Joe Madden pulled him too early as well because then Mm. the bullpen guy they brought in is it uh brian ran yeah he came in and and then it just kind of fell apart after that and so i felt like even after striking out the last batter he should have let him go at least one more batter to get at least four innings in and then you get a fresh inning with a new batter because he wasn't in trouble and so those are some of the moves that frustrate me when i watch joe madden manage as well it's it feels like he just has a quick hook in some of these moments. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to factor in to the fact that Madden's contract is up this season. Yeah. And if he wants to earn an extension, I think that he's going to have to manage a little bit differently because I'm sure somewhere in the front office, somebody's saying, what are you pulling him for? Let him yeah. go further. So that's going to be an interesting watch as we move forward. But again, uh, it's it's the New York outing. It's one bad game. It's it's a high splitter that got caught and and deserved to get hit out of the out of the park. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, I would hit it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that Shohei is going to be fine. And when you brought up the pressure of being the guy who he was last season, look, he's got Mike Trout in the lineup with him now. He's got Anthony Rendon, Jared Walsh is having a good game, and he was batting third on Thursday night. And so all of that adds up to the fact that he doesn't have to be the guy carrying this team on his shoulders, and Noah Syndergaard's in that rotation. Yeah. And we got Reed Detmers and Patrick Sandoval. So there are more than capable guys. Everyone's healthy. Everyone's there. And I just think that if there is any pressure on Shohei and it's in his head, it doesn't need to be there because he has enough support around him to just be naturally who he is. So you know there's going to be a pep talk. You know there's going to be some chatter uh, once he's uh, in the dugout and once he's in the locker room. 
and he'll come out and and look much better next time. That's what that's what I believe. All right. Well, then I'm going to go ridiculous and say, "What's his problem then?" <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got that out of my system. Coming up on Locked On Angels, we share our keys to an Angels series victory this weekend. But first, today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. You know, there's a few things that John and I have been looking forward to being the host of Locked On Angels. We've looked forward to talking about the Angels and talking with the fans of the Angels. But the number one thing we've been looking forward to is trying a Built Bar. It's a low-calorie, high-protein bar, good for replacing candy bars. The good news is you don't have to feel bad about eating one because they're better tasting than any candy bar you could ever have. And they're better for you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere between two to 300 calories. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So it'll fill you up. At Built Bar, they're all about taste. They make it taste delicious first and then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know if you have tried this or not, John, but have you tried the puffs? I have not. They are delicious. You're missing out if you haven't because they are one of the best tasting built bars. The puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they're delicious. They're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. The puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. There's cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. Now I'm really hungry. I don't know about you. These are going to be your favorite when you try it. Go to built.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off at built.com. Get yourself a built bar today. Thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. I don't know about you, but with playing fantasy baseball, I want to know how people are doing in the league. And so Locked On Now is perfect to get recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts, taking fans through the season like no other network. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, it's now time for Brother versus Brother. Oh man, I never win. <laughs> <laughs> and you won't this time. So okay. John and I have been Angel fans for a long time and often we'll go back and forth talking about players, talking about stats. Yes. Sometimes it gets heated. Sometimes it gets frustrated, and sometimes John is right. Sometimes. So today, John and I, we're going to test our angel knowledge, and you as the listener, you can play along as well and see what you know about the angel. So we've created some questions. We haven't seen these questions. We're hearing them for the first time live right now, and we're going to discover who knows the angels better. Let's do it. What do you got for me? Hit me. All right. I'm going to start with an easy one, John. Okay, Okay? a softball? A softball, just to get you warmed up, all right? Here we go. So when Mike Trout came up, he played in left field. That's right. And because of this, what did they name the left field bleachers? Oh, that one's easy. That is the Trout Farm. Trout Farm is where you can sit and get the cool trout hat for free when you get tickets there. I've got uh, one or two of those, I think, the fish the fish hats. So he was uh, displaced by Peter Borges in center field when that happened. And then Borges was sent over to the Cardinals and then Trout took his rightful place in center field. So a little bit of a tidbit for you. There you go. All right. I got one for you. Uh, I'll keep it easy as well. So here comes another uh, slow pitch softball. Who was the first angel owner 
Oh, come on. The cowboy, the singing cowboy, the Gene singing cowboy. Autry. People are like, I know the name Gene Autry, but what did he sing? So think about like like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, a Christmas yep. sign that you hear on the radio. Usually, yep. probably Gene Autry. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I'm going to get a little harder. Maybe not okay. too hard. But here's your second question. Who were the play-by-play voices on TV during the Angels 2002 World Series year. The TV voices are, is it still Hudler and, and Physioc? Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Rex Hudler. I wonder, I think they're still in Kansas City, aren't they? They are still in Kansas City, and they actually were there when Kansas City won the World Series in 2014 after sweeping so the Angels. So the, they're the key ingredients, right? Yeah. Right? Bring them back. <laughs> 20, 20, 2015, because the Giants won that even year of 2014. Oh, that's right. We the got Royals swept. won the next year. Yeah. yeah. We got swept that year. It's just, I guess it's still the trauma. I'm still remembering that. <laughs> still recovering. <laughs> All right, go ahead. All right, same train of thought here, Mike. The play-by-play voices on the radio during the World Series winning year. Hit me. Oh, that's easy. That's uh, Rory Marcus and Terry Smith. That's right, and Terry Smith still going strong on the radio to this day, alongside Mark Langston. (laughs) (laughs) He's good. I like him. All right, next question for you, John. Name three of the six numbers and the name of the player retired by the Angels. Does does Jackie Robinson count? Can I do that? (laughs) (laughs) It does. It's retired. (laughs) It's one of them, but I won't count that. Uh, Man, this is a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Nolan Ryan. Is he one of them? Nolan Ryan is one, yes. Okay. What, what was his number with us? Nolan Ryan uh, was number 30. 30. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so that's one. Okay. Uh, we clamor for it all the time, but it hasn't happened yet, so I'm not going to say Tim Salmon. Um, <laughs> it should. Because that's a, tra- a tragedy. Uh, man, you're going to have to help me with the, these ones. Okay. Who else we got? The, the owner, Gene Autry, the first owner. Oh, yeah. Duh. And he's number 26 because it was a 25-man roster, so he was number 26. That's cool. And then think about the, I would say the greatest angel shortstop. Does that help you? Greatest angels shortstop. Uh, probably Jim, Jim Fergosi. Yes. Jim Fergosi. Yes. His number 11 okay. is retired. I thought you were going to say Orlando Cabrera. <laughs> I know you're a fan. The others are, you did mention Jackie Robinson, of course, and Rod Carew, number 29. Oh, yeah. He's retired Come on, up I there, too. Got that. Yeah. All right, same kind of question here, but I want you to name each of the Angels MVPs. Can you do that? Okay, uh, there's... There's four. Okay, so obviously uh, Otani and Trout. Yes. And Vladdy. Yes. And then there's one more. He was our he was our hitting coach a couple of years ago. Um, oh, uh, Don Baylor. That's right, Don Baylor, baby. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, do you remember when Don Baylor broke his ankle, like... Was catching the opening Do I? pitch and fell over and broke his ankle. Like that was such a sad moment. It was it was Vladdy Senior throwing the first pitch to Don Baylor, and he fell over and hurt his leg. And I was like, could there be a more cursed Angels <laughs> yeah. opening day first oh. pitch? <laughs> that was terrible. All right, next question, John. Name the Angel players who have won a Cy Young. Man, it pains me to say it, but Weaver never never got a Cy Young. He didn't. But he was always in the running. And you got Weaver uh, in on the contest or in in on the episode because we've committed to saying his name at least once an episode. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We got got Big Sexy. We got Bartolo Colon. I know that. (laughs) Um, 
but I, I beyond that, it was it Langston or was it Finley? Maybe no. Think think way back, like way back. It's a way back. So okay, it's I'm a gonna way back. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull from the uh, pay fifteen dollars to build your dream rotation. <laughs> um, I know Nolan Ryan ever, never got one, which he is didn't, crazy, which is a tragedy. Uh, yeah. Uh, what about Dean Chance? Oh, you nailed it. Yes. Ding, 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 Dean ding, Dean Chance. Ding. Okay. Yep. <laughs> you mean ding, 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 ding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that creative. That's only you. Okay. All right. All right. All right. How about this, Mike? How about three rookie of the years from the Angels? Can you name them? Oh, yeah. That's simple. So my boy, my favorite, Tim Salmon. Okay. Mike Trout. Yes. And Shohei Otani. Yeah, all pretty recent, huh? All pretty recent. That's why it's easy. <laughs> right. All right, so this one I, I think you'll get. This one's pretty easy. Who won the MVP in the ALCS in 2002 and in the World Series for the Angels in 2002? Look, you hit three home runs in the same game. You're obviously the AL. Uh, the ALCS MVP. So I'm taking Adam Kennedy on that A-K. one. Okay, that's correct. How about the World Series? World Series. Uh, I'm going to say it was either. No, it wasn't. Spezio had a good one, but it wasn't Spezio. No. Uh, trying to think. Let's go Troy Gloss. Yes, it was yes. Troy Gloss. Come on. And then do you remember the commissioner got out there and gave him the trophy and he said, we congratulate Troy Glaus oh, <laughs> and totally gosh. misrepresented and mispronounced his name. It was great. All right. This one is uh, top of mind because I was just there on Monday and I saw the trophy display case. Yes. And it was super cool. Um, next time you're at the stadium, you definitely need to check that out. Now, Griffin Canning actually got a gold glove at pitcher in 2020. But prior to that, there was a season where we had two Angels win gold gloves at the same time. Two players. Same year. There's a hint. Oh, same year? Yeah, same year. Um, How about... I know that uh, Martin Maldonado won one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his... Is, his, that, in, is that the same year? That's the same year. Okay. Think about who else was really great in the field that season. Well, I want to say... Has Trout ever won a gold glove? He's not won a gold glove in center field. He's not. Okay. Cole so. Calhoun. Cole Calhoun got one in right in 2015. Okay, so he would been. But he would have been my other guess. Yeah, it wasn't Cole Calhoun. I, mm. You're missing. You're missing a big one here. Uh, help me out. All right. He played shortstop. Oh, Andrelton Simmons. Yes. Oh. Yes. Okay. Martin Maldonado and Simba got gold gloves in 2017. Wow! Kick me off the show. I can't believe I didn't remember that one. <laughs> Want to thank Bet Online for sponsoring today's episode? Check out betonline.net for your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs, and of course, the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. Mike, you know that we are huge fans of Mark Gubaza, and I think all of Angel Nation is a fan of Mark Gubaza. He is the Glubaza, if you will, who holds <laughs> the uh, the broadcast booth together. 
And he is just so much fun on Twitter, man. He has such a good time, and he really does his best to engage fans. I see him saying all the time, like, people reach out and say, Hey, Gooby, I got some cards that I would love to get signed by you. And he's like, stop by the booth or stop by the hats, you know, for the pregame. And he he does it every time. That's so cool. I got to run into him last season, and that was like the thrill of a lifetime was was meeting him and shaking his hand and getting a picture. So he is just the coolest guy. And one of my favorite things that he does is provides keys to the game, and he'll usually use a song to provide his keys to the game. So we're going to do the same thing. We each picked a song that highlights what we believe are the keys to an Angels series win against the Texas Rangers this weekend. So, Mike, I'm going to throw it to you. What do you got for us? All right, so I'm going to throw it back. You and I were raised in a home that listened to 50s and 60s and 70s music, and I worked at a radio station that played that music in my younger years when I was young, Mike. That's right. And so I'm going to pick a song from the 60s. So all the boomers listening are going to love this. I'm going to pick a song from Len Berry called One, Two, Three. I don't know if I hit the note there. but Are I, you going to sing it too? Because I'm a little bit worried about our listeners. I, I, trust me, I'm gonna, that's all you're going to get. Here's why I selected that song. I really think that the top of our lineup, Otani, Trout, and Rendon need to come through for the rest of the weekend. They need to cause some chaos. They need to get some timely hits, especially with runners on. And I know that they can do it. Here's here's the proof, John. Here's Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and Anthony Rendon's career with runners in scoring position. Here's their okay. averages and their OPS. So Mike Trout, when runners are in scoring position, he's hitting 320. And he mm. has a 1,019 OPS. Come on. What about Otani? Otani's hitting 283 with a 1,003 OPS. Nice. And then Anthony Rendon, Tony Two Hips, is hitting 302 <laughs> with a 921 OPS. So if we get some runners on and we can get ducks on the pond, so to speak, right. I really think <laughs> that our 1, 2, 3 can come through. So this is where the bottom of the lineup has to come through. But I think it's time for our top of the lineup, our top three guys, our top guys, they need to come through for us and help us win this series and take it home and beat the Rangers. What about you, John? You know, Getzlaff is done with the Ducks this season. Maybe he can come over to the Angels and be an actual Anaheim Duck on the pond. <laughs> I'm sure he can play Hello. baseball. <laughs> All right, my song for you, Michael, is On the Wings of Love by Jeffrey Osborne. <laughs> Because I want to ride the Angels' wings of love. Here's what I love about the team going into this weekend. I love the sneaky good bats of Matt Duffy and Jack Mayfield. You don't expect a lot at the plate, but Duffy will get you the hit, and Mayfield will get you the extra base hit or the home run. That's true. This guy has turned into somebody with pop, and I know that he shuffled around a little bit last season, But man, he really impressed in the later half of the season when he got 10 home runs and would hit triples and he's fast on the base paths and the guy just really wants to be there. And I love that he's no longer a fringe guy. He's a great utility player. I love Jack Mayfield on this team. So if he can sneak a home run this weekend, I'm all for it. Let me tell you something else I love. Okay. I love our bullpen and I love Rysel Iglesias. I love that we can be confident handing the ball over to the guys like the new guys like Aaron Loop and Ryan Tapera 
and even our homegrown guys like Austin Warren. It feels great that we can hand the ball over with confidence and not feel like, oh great, here comes the blowpen to give up Otani's lead, right? I don't think that we're going to run into that issue this weekend. And finally, I love our starting pitching. I love starting this series with the top of the rotation in Shohei. I love Reed Detmers, and I think that he can be a Rookie of the Year candidate this season. And I really love that we get to see Thor go out there again this weekend because after last weekend, I want to see more of Noah Syndergaard. So that's me riding the Angels' wings of love! (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for making Locked on Angels your first listen every day. Now, make your second listen Locked on MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call him Sully. He's going to bring you his unique perspective on the major leagues, past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Angels and connect with John and I on Twitter and Instagram at Super Halo Bros. And we're going to need your help because on Monday on Locked On Angels, we're going to recap the weekend series. Quick, John, are we celebrating a series win or are we grieving on Monday? Oh, we're celebrating a series win on Monday, baby. Come on. All right. Let's go. I'm I ready. like that. So here's, here's where we need your help. We're going to open up the mailbag on Monday so you can send us your questions to at Locked On Angels on Twitter or at Super Halo Bros on Twitter or on Instagram. Thanks for taking the time to join us for Locked On Angels. That's going to do it for this edition. Don't forget to send in those questions to our Monday mailbag on Twitter and Instagram. Have a great weekend. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And we'll see you right here Monday on Locked on Angels.